So there's going to be many things that we're going to be talking about tonight. And so uh, if you want to take notes, you can. Uh, but bear with me because a lot of the information that I will be giving to you tonight is a lot of information uh, that's coming my way too. So um, at the same time, when we discuss these things, sometimes you'll have questions. Sometimes you want to know what can you do to be a part of what God is doing and a part of what He's doing here in the, ch- in the church. And so you can go to our website or call our office. Or even tonight you can see one of our, uh, our staff members and they can help you with that. I want us to turn to the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 24 if you have your Bibles. And if you don't, I- I'll read it to us. But this is, this is one of the scriptures that we talk about that explains to us the kinds of times that we live in. <clears throat> because how many of you know we, we, are, we are constantly in seasons in this world that are good and not so good? Sometimes it goes, it's very well, and then sometimes it's not so very well. Sometimes it's the, almost like the worst possible uh, condition that we can be in. But nonetheless, uh, it does give us the clear picture of how we function as, as, a, as a species, as human beings and as a world. But Isaiah 25, and I'll read verses 5, 6, and 19, and it says this. It says, The earth suffers for the sins of its people, for they have twisted God's instructions, violated His laws, and broken His everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse consumes the earth. Its people must pay the price for their sin. They are destroyed by fire, and only a few are left alive. The earth has broken up, It has utterly collapsed. It is violently shaken. So the Bible already tells us we live in a broken world. And we understand that. We see that around us. Uh, If you're new tonight and this is your first time, we want to welcome you. And before we continue on, we're going to pray. So I'm going to ask if you would bow your heads with me for a moment and then we'll pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before you tonight, uh, there are things that we'll be talking about and and, uh, issues that we'll be looking at. But you're the one who gives us vision for our life. You're the one who helps us with the things we go through. You're the one who speaks to our hearts. And as you speak to us tonight, uh, may we also remember how gracious you are and how good you are to us. For without you and without your love for us, we would have a very difficult time living in this world. I pray that we would all understand how precious life is and how loving you are. And so we ask for your spirit to continue to speak to us tonight. Thank you for being here, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So because the earth is suffering, does that mean we change the Bible? It's a good question. Because some people believe that because of the so-called change of times and the change of man and the way man operates, that the Bible should also change along with man. Now think about it, if the Bible changed along with us, then why have the Bible? The Bible is foundational, it never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There needs to be something that's foundational in this broken world. If not, if there's nothing that's foundational in this broken world, then as broken people, we're going to do broken things. And because we do broken things, then we're going to do things that are broken. Broken plus broken equals more broken. So we don't want to live in a world that is more broken. And although we see that happening, 
We need something that's foundational. So someone would ask, well, what about the argument that we should be changing with the times that the Bible adapts over changing times because we no longer should do these things? As, for instance, in Leviticus 20, verse 9, it says, For everyone who curses his father or mother shall, be surely, shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother. His blood shall be upon him. Leviticus 20, verse 10 says, The man who commits adultery with another man's wife, he who commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress, shall surely be put to death. And then Jesus said in Matthew 5, 28, But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So some people believe, according to the Scriptures, that we should be... If we're saying God's laws are what it is, we should keep that, and therefore, any man who has committed adultery in their heart should be killed. If we're saying God's laws should remain. But then Jesus said, when a woman was caught in adultery, in the very act of adultery, and the religious leaders wanted to stone her and kill her, Jesus said to them, He who is without sin cast the first stone and they walked away and then here's what Jesus said in John 8:10 when Jesus had raised himself up because he was crouching down and saw no one but the woman he said to her woman where are those accusers of yours has no one condemned you she said no one lord and Jesus said to her neither do i condemn you but then he tagged this, and this is what we really need to catch. He said, go and sin no more. So we can see the, heart of, see the heart of God. What God doesn't do is take one scripture and throw it at you, one scripture, throw it at you, one scripture, throw it at you, and one scripture, and throw it at you, and say, okay, that's the only one you're going to live by. He says, no, it's my whole word included in it. It's like husbands and wives, when you fight and you say, no, you said this. No, you didn't say this. No, you did say this. No, you didn't say this. You can take it out of context. You can say anything. So it is true with the Bible. If you take anything out of context, then it, uh, you, of course you can do anything. So where do we go from there then? Because if we are to take the Bible for what it says, then that means what Leviticus is talking about and what Jesus is talking about as far as what is happening in the world of sin, then some people should be put to death. Now here's the problem that people have with those scriptures and the misconception about it and being misinformed. People think that these are same laws, that there are same laws in the Bible. And let me just explain it. So the argument is this. If these laws no longer apply, then the law of marriage does not either. Now, with the Bible, there's actually three sets of laws. There's the civil law, which is where the nation of Israel was, where God says, this is how you are to live, so that people can see you and then see how I am. You're supposed to represent me. And then there were the ceremonial laws for the priests and those who worship. There were those kinds of laws. And then there's God's moral laws. That's where you get the Ten Commandments. Out of everything that was written, that's the only one in stone. So God's moral laws and the laws of God that are unchanging are, are the ones like uh, thou shalt not lie. Because if you, if you lie today, it still applied back then. You catch that? 
So it's, it's his moral law that continues on. So those three sets of laws, they apply differently. I'm not, I'm not bound by the ceremonial laws and the civil laws that Israel had. I'm not bound by that, but I am, I believe, many of us who believe in God as our creator and who believe in moral law are bound by those laws, the Ten Commandments. That's what we know them as. So the Ten Commandments are neither ceremonial laws nor civil laws. It's God's moral laws. So you think about it this way. Marriage is God's moral law. That's why the Bible from the very beginning clearly states it as one man and one woman. That's the way marriage was created. And no matter how the times have changed, that still remains God's moral law, just as lying still remains God's moral law, even though times may change. Imagine if you lied and I lied to people over and over again, and we're like, you know what, it's just too difficult because we're finding out people are lying and we're getting into fights. Let's just pass a law that says we don't know what lying means. Let's just redefine what lying means. Can we do that? Just redefine what lying means. So we put in a bill that redefines what lying means. Now, that's changing God's moral laws. That's unchanging. It's just the way He created us. I want us to watch this... Um, uh, video and it's a video on marriage and the reason why I want you to see this is because when God's moral law of marriage was given to us between one man and one woman it's what marriage was founded on his moral law that is the only definition for marriage that God has ever given to us so if we want to change because of mankind now we're changing God's moral laws so you might be thinking okay yeah but is isn't this about equality? Because right now in our state, that's what we're trying to change, the definition of marriage. And how, that, how should that affect me? Why does it affect me? I mean, it shouldn't affect me. Why, why is it such a big deal to you? It's just a, isn't, aren't you just being a Christian fanatic? Aren't you just being a religious fanatic? And, and aren't you kind of like blowing it out of proportion? No, I'm actually not. But I do want you to view this, and you tell me what you think, okay? It's about maybe seven minutes, this video. Okay, let's just take a look at this, and then uh, it'll help us get a, a, an idea of where we're heading. So let's take a look. So the reason why it becomes more of an issue is because it's not just about the marriage. It's redefining society, reinventing how our society is. And, it, and if they want to go to the very foundations of this nation, this nation was not founded that way. This nation was founded upon God and His principles and His laws. So, if we look at where our marriages are today as between a husband and a wife, because the argument can be this too, just because marriage is now defined or right now defined in Hawaii as between one man and one woman, doesn't mean that you're perfect either. And I thought, well, that's true, because there are no perfect marriages because we're broken people. But marriage itself, the idea of marriage, is perfect. The reason why marriages aren't perfect is because two broken people and two imperfect people come together to get married, but God's law of marriage is perfect. 
That you cannot change. Some people might argue, so what if I... What if I live according to God's standard then for marriage? Then your marriage improves. That's why we need to strengthen our marriages because it, it helps us with family. It helps us with our children and, of course, in our society and our communities. So getting married is easy. Staying married and being healthy in your marriage, that's the difficult part. And just because the law of marriage is perfect, again, doesn't, mar- doesn't mean the marriage will be Jesus said this to his disciples in Matthew 16, 24. He said, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, some of the things that we've been doing, uh, you may have seen us uh, on Kanoi Lehua on Monday, but we were doing some sign waving and, and basically saying, let the people vote on marriage. And we got some feedback and good feedback, more positive feedback than any negative. I just want to let you know tonight as we continue on, if you do have younger children here, uh, there's going to be some things that we're going to be discussing that might not be suitable for children, uh, but you as a parent, you can make that decision. So we got some feedback from various people uh, in various ways. One of them was through uh, personal conversation, but then the other through Facebook, if you looked at our Facebook page, uh, New Hope Hilo, Hawaii's Facebook page. And so I just want to bring some clarity uh, because there are some convoluted differences and some uh, twisted uh, things in there that just doesn't make sense and why, uh, why certain things are being said. And I just want to help clarify some things. One person visited us actually at the site that we were doing sign waving and said that his friend committed suicide because of things like that, things like this that we were doing, which was the sign waving to say, uh, let the vote go to the people for marriage. And so uh, I just told him, I said, yeah, I'm so sorry. And I, man, when he told me that, my heart broke. And so I am so sorry that his friend made that choice. And I'm sure there are many other decisions that led up to that, uh, like many suicides that we see. And I remember when I wanted to take my life, uh, it wasn't one thing that made me take my life. It was a lot of small things that led up to that. And so I pray that as we're moving forward uh, to keep marriage the way it is, that I pray no one has uh, suicidal thoughts because of that. The other thing was equal rights, and they put this, I think was on our Facebook page. Equal rights are something for all people in our country, including marriage for gays. Who are we to judge or cast judgment? So here's my response. Well, keeping the definition of marriage is not casting judgment on anyone. In no way are we attacking any person or community or groups in judgment. If someone wants to choose the way they want to live, that's their choice. And we respect that. And we love people. Another person put, well, someone who has admitted, well, someone who has admitted to being gay allegedly claims that they were a member at our church here and was advised by someone in our church that all gays are possessed by demons and are unworthy and was advised that he needed to change his sexual orientation. Here's my response. Well, if that is true, that was probably an individual person who took it upon themselves to give their personal opinion. And as I, and as, and as I lead, and as the lead pastor, I am ashamed that someone did that in our church and how that was handled. So in order for you to be a member here, 
which this person allegedly claims, you need to first believe in the whole Word of God. That's, what, that's like a first step to being a member here. You, you can't be a member here if you don't believe in the whole Word of God. You can be a visitor or you can attend. You can be a guest, but if you don't believe in the whole Word of God, hard to be a member. And then also... Uh, to submit to God's doctrine in His Word or His teachings, our core values and each ministry's codes of conduct. So we, we do have homosexuals in our church that serve in various areas, but not just not in a leadership role because everyone needs to serve God somewhere and there needs to be an open seat somewhere. So we do have gays in our church that serve just not in a leadership role because each role has various weights of responsibilities. You know, there's just different responsibilities. Someone also asked, well, what about God's unconditional love? Here's my response. Nothing. It's still there. Standing up for his definition of marriage doesn't change his unconditional love. Another person said this, well, God made homosexuals the way they are. They are born homosexual. We are all perfect creations of God. Well, I agree. I agree that we are all creations by God. And yes, we are all born with homosexual and heterosexual tendencies and act them out as we mature. We are all born in sin. That's why we need to be born again through Jesus Christ. Another comment, if public opinion had been followed in the past, women would not have the right to vote. People would be allowed to own slaves still and interracial marriages would not exist. If you really want to protect traditional marriage, I suggest you stop divorces. So here's my response. I agree with all of those points, yet none of those definitions have changed. A woman is still defined as a woman who can now vote. A slave still remains a slave in definition. A, and, in, and an interracial marriage still means interracial marriage. So the definition, definitions have not changed. So those don't even qualify as a question with trying to keep marriage as the definition. As far as stopping divorces and standing up for that, we try our very best every day, which is why we do counseling. We have our church services. We also do Bible studies. We also need to start with the beginning, which is marriage, because you cannot get a divorce unless you are married. Makes sense. You get divorced because of each person, not because of the definition of marriage. Even some homosexual marriages end in divorce. And then one person put this, I hope we don't go Westboro, which is a church in the mainland that is outrageous. And I agree, they are way off of the love and heart of God. So that is definitely not us. So here's what we're facing uh, with this bill that's being put in right now. And I want us to pull this up, and I'll, I'll, I'll briefly uh, go through a couple of things because uh, there's a lot in it. Uh, let's go to the first part if there... Actually, you can, you can stay right there. But it, it, it starts with Section 1, and it says that this act shall be known as the Hawaii Marriage Equality Act of 2013. So it already starts off with discrepancies. It's not equal. It's not about equality. So it's already wrong from that point. But it says this, that the rights, I don't know if you can read it, but I'll read it. The rights, benefits, protections, and responsibilities created by the civil union or reciprocal beneficiary relationship shall be continuous through the marriage 
and deemed to have accrued as of the first date these rights existed under the civil union of or reciprocal beneficiary relationship, provided that the civil union or reciprocal beneficiary relationship was in effect at the time of the solemnization of the couple's marriage to each other. You got it? You understand? Okay, let me briefly explain it to you. If this law goes through and now uh, two people who are in civil union can get married uh, uh, of the same gender, then the benefits they received back then will all be accrued or accumulated and they can receive what was already there into this marriage now. So whatever it would be, tax benefits, whatever it would be, it would now be in the marriage, uh, in the same-sex marriage. Okay, next page. Uh, this one is the interpretation of terminology to be gender neutral. Gender neutral. So this is what it says. I want you to catch this. All gender specific terminology such as husband, wife, widow, widower, or similar terms shall be construed in a neutral general manner. A gender neutral manner. This interpretation shall apply to all. And so, uh, basically in, Ho in Hawaii, and I'll explain it. Did you catch that, what it means? Some people may catch it, but it, it can be a little confusing. Uh, in Hawaii and in most states, if a child is born to a mother in a marriage, the presumption is that the husband is the father. But this can be proven or disproven with the DNA testing, and then sometimes he isn't the father, but that's the presumption. So, rights of parents, and the reason why I had to state that is because it leads into this. Rights of parents. Parentage rights based on marriage shall be the same for all married spouses regardless of the gender of the spouses. Okay, I don't know if you caught that, but that's physically impossible. It's physically impossible. There's a man somewhere in that relationship whether it's by sperm donation or whether it's from a relationship, there's a man somewhere. So they're, they're saying just take away gender specifics. Okay. So what they don't say, or they have a, you know, there's a man somewhere and a woman somewhere, but they don't say what happens to the rights of the father or the mother, the actual father or the mother. Or if there will be two fathers with equal rights. So right now, let me just give you a scenario. If you are in a blended family and you're the man, hopefully I can get this correct, and you're married and you get a divorce and you have children involved, um, and you have custody, and let's just say this woman, this man, they have, and, and or they get married because the same-sex marriage law has passed, and the man uh, gets married too. Now, who becomes the parents of these children? That is not defined in this bill. So... Okay, let me just continue because this, this, this gets pretty messy. Uh, where am I? Okay, so in 1996, the Congress passed uh, what we call uh, DOMA, D-O-M-A, the Defense of Marriage Act, and uh, by huge majorities of both parties. So they know that they needed to pass this. 
And because Hawaii doesn't have same-sex marriage laws, uh, they don't receive the financial benefits as well, okay, in, this, in, uh, in, in our state. So uh, DOMA was largely supported by both parties of Congress, and Bill Clinton signed it. Now, there were four sections just uh, outlining what this uh, Defense of Marriage Act would be about, but the third one was stricken, Section 3, because it defined marriage between one man and one woman. And they said that the federal government does not have the power to make that definition, and the federal government doesn't marry people ever, which they don't. It's a state thing. That's why when you get married, you got to go to the state department uh, or the state building and get your marriage license. So they're saying since federal law does not define marriage, then these rights shall include but are not limited to paternity, maternity, and parentage presumptions based on marriage which now comes the reliance on federal law. So now it's contradicting itself. It's saying federal government has nothing to do with it. Any law of this state that refers to, adopts, or relies upon federal law, including but not limited to the Internal Revenue Code as amended, shall apply to all marriages recognized under the laws of this state as if, as if, federal law recognizes such marriages in the same manner as the laws of this state so that all marriages receive equal treatment. In other words, the federal government says, we can't, we don't have the power to do that. But what this bill does is says, well, we'll be acting upon or acting as the federal government, as a state law. That's unheard of. So that's in our bill. Then it says, refusal to solemnize a marriage, which is to perform the marriage act or to get the marriage together between man and woman. It says, no authorized person, which is a, like a minister or pastor or uh, like a judge or someone in that authoritative position, who fails, no author, authorized person who fails or refuses to solemnize any marriage under this section shall be subject to any fine, penalty, injunction, administrative proceeding, or civil liability for the failure or refusal. So the civil unions bill included non-religious solemnizers like judges, justice of the peace, magistrates, and they were all left out of that bill. And the reason could be because uh, they, don't, they don't sign or do the marriage ceremony as with like a, a conscience of religion. But they can because they're covered under the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, freedom of religion, or in the state of Hawaii, uh, Article 1 that gives us the freedom of religion. So uh, they just uh, did not uh, include them in there. So the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution and, of course, Article 1 of the Hawaii State Constitution contain religious liberties protections. So we really don't need anything extra on the First Amendment and the constitutional, uh, because of the First Amendment and constitutional protections. We really don't. But because this bill is being put in, the Civil Rights Commission only interprets these statutes. They don't care what the Constitution exemption says, so they want this in the statute that, that definition in the statute so they can say you don't have a religious liberty exemption because you don't qualify. And let me explain because it now becomes more personal to us home at home here. This is what it says, and this is uh, some things that people would say, you know, uh, but is not religious organizations exempt from this? Uh, newspapers will print out, oh, this bill is perfect because it, it, it exempts religious organizations to perform same-sex marriages. 
they had a big writing in the Star Bulletin on Oahu, and that's actually false. They want you to believe that. So if this does go to the votes of the people, the people would say, no, religious people, they're taking care of the religious organizations. They don't have to marry if they don't want to. That is actually false. So this is what it says. Religious organizations and, well, actually, you know what? That actually is true if you qualify. You don't have to marry if you don't believe you're supposed to with the conscience of following God under your religious freedom, okay? So what they're saying is true. You don't have to if you qualify. And let me tell you how you qualify. So religious organizations and facilities, liability, exemption under certain circumstances. Here they are. A religious organization shall not be required to make religious facility owned to make a religious facility owned or leased by the religious organization available for solemnization, uh, the marrying of a particular marriage, provided that. So provided that almost sounds like mom and dad. Oh yeah, yeah, you can go out to the movies. Yeah, you can go out this weekend, so long as you. And it's like, oh what? So here's the oh what. Here it is. The religious facility is regularly used by the religious organization for its religious purposes. Now, that we can kind of get away with because you could be at home washing the dishes, praying you're doing a religious thing. So we can get, aware, we can get around that. The second one is for solemnization of marriages pursuant to this chapter, the religious organization restricts use of the religious facility to its members. So members are not defined some churches don't have members. Calvary Chapel do not believe in membership. So they don't do membership. So they're not going to qualify at all. Small family churches, they don't do membership. They know everybody. You don't need to be a member of your family to be a member of the church. So they don't do membership. They would be disqualified. The worst thing now, and this, this is, uh, you know, those other things are pretty bad, but this is the worst thing. The state is now telling religious organizations how to do their sacraments. That's what the state is doing. If you ever want to hear about separation of church and state, this is where it should apply. Because now the state is saying, this is how you should do your sacraments. And a sacrament is like communion, water baptism, uh, certain prayer times. That's what it is. So they can now come in and say, if this goes to law, how you can do certain things. That's in the bill right now. They don't define members. So that's up until that point. Uh, there's a whole lot more. They actually take out where it says uh, one man, one woman. Um, it, it does say the findings. This is their findings, okay? Their findings, which means they've, they've done their research. The legislature finds that the people of Hawaii choose to preserve the tradi tradition of marriage as a unique social institution based upon the committed union of one man and one woman. That's actually in our old bill and being taken out of the new bill. So, uh, did they ask you to take that out? In order for them to take that out, where it says... The legislature finds that the people of Hawaii choose to preserve the tradition of marriage. The people of Hawaii choose, which we did. That's why it's in there. The only way they can take it out is if we choose. Have you made that choice yet? Can you make that choice? 
How are you going to make that choice if it doesn't go to a vote? What are you going to do? On October 28th, the governor, along with our legislature, are having this special session about this bill. Are you included in that? Did you get an invite? Did you get a voting ballot? Anything like that? Anything in the mail? Email? Text message? What about your Facebook page? What about Twitter? What about your Instagram page? Anything? Did you get anything? What, yeah, what about Telegram? I don't think we got anything. So, on October 28th, when the governor meets in this special session, in a short five days from then, this will become law. And that's just the beginning. Now, think about it. If it does become a law, then everything we watched is, is a preview of where we're heading. And this is what I want to show you. This is a sample of what we'll face. It's called the Little Black Book. And... And I had to blur out some things, and uh, don't worry, I took the hits for you guys with the swear words and the pictures, so uh, I just thought, you know what, I'm not going to give it to our graphics team because I'm not going to, no way. So let's, let's pull that up. Uh, this one is called The Little Black Book. And, but here's the good news. You can do something about it now because it is not a law. You can make a difference right now. And every single person matters. Every single person matters. Now, you might think, well, what can I do? I'm just one person. Let's take a look at this video of how one person makes a difference in another way. Let's take a look. So can one person make a difference? Absolutely. Depends on what side you're on, though. I mean, if you're going to fight for something you believe in, you can make a difference. I want us to catch the heart tonight because I have family members, I have friends who are uh, living a homosexual lifestyle. And th this is what the Bible tells us. Uh, in John 13, 35, it says, By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. See, the key factor in this whole mission is not about a community or the gay community or a group of people. It's really saying we just believe in what God has instituted as marriage being defined as one man, one woman. That's how he has defined it. Leviticus 26, verses 8 through 10, it says, and this is God's word, because you may feel like, boy, so what do we do? It's, are we outnumbered? Is there, is, there, is there something I can do? The Bible tells this, five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight, for I will look on you favorably, and make you fruitful. Multiply you and confirm my covenant with you. You shall eat the, the old harvest and clear out the old because of the new. I will walk among you and be your God and you shall be my people. That's his promise. And so here are some things that we're going to be doing. Actually, tomorrow we have a meeting at the Keao Community Center at 2.30 with one of our representatives and what we're doing is we're just letting our representative know that just that one that this is what we believe and we're in no way going down there to wreak havoc not going down there to make a riot because how God does things is always done in love so what we're doing is we're going to go down there we're actually having a meeting here at 12 o'clock just to get some instructions some action steps so you can come to that and then we're all going to head out to Keao Community Center at 2.30 uh, and then just talk. 
because we have a, a meeting to speak about what we believe in. So if you would like to volunteer or get involved in how or what you can do, please see Lance Takai. And I don't know where he is right now. He probably is in the fellowship hall. So he's going to be in the fellowship hall and uh, right by our signs that says take action. And uh, we have computers and action steps set up in our, uh, where Lance is in our fellowship hall and Shana will be there. Uh, there are our task force. And I think Kat Kononui is a part of that. But we just grabbed a group of our staff and just made this team to help you because where do you start? I mean, many of you have done emails, you've done phone calls. Those help. Everything helps. Some of you did sign waving on Monday. Those things help. Uh, one person put on our Facebook and said, you know, I was sitting down for about 20 minutes at the old borders and just watching and, and seeing you guys look like fools. And I'm paraphrasing because there were not that much people waving or beeping their horns. In fact, there were more people booing you guys and showing you the finger. And I thought, boy, that, yeah, it sounds discouraging because we didn't have that much people, maybe 70 around there. And, and I thought, but we just whipped that up in two days. It was a two-day thing. I think after tonight, come Thursday, which is tomorrow, we're going to be at Bayfront, I believe. Can somebody correct me if I'm wrong? Is it Bayfront? Uh, Bunny, Bayfront. Okay. We're just going to be at Bayfront. Some of you came on Monday for like five minutes and waved because that's all the time you had. But guess what? That was 100% of all the time you had. That makes a difference. Every minute counts. Even just stopping by, telling the people, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and leaving, that makes a difference. You matter. You, you are a child of the King, of the Most High. You're not nobody. You are somebody whom Christ died for. And so are those who, who are homosexuals. They are people whom Christ died for. So it's not against homosexuality and the gay community. It's really keeping God's definition of marriage between one man and one woman. I had a friend who told me, he said, uh, and he's homosexual, he said, even if you don't agree with me being married, I still love you, LOL. Laugh out loud if you don't know. And so I just uh, uh, communicated back to him and I said, you know, that helps me and encourages me because it's not about you as a personal human being. It's about keeping God's definition of marriage. Ephesians 6.12, it says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and evil spirits in the heavenly places. This is not against people, folks. There's an adversary. There's a devil. Satan. That's who we're fighting against. So don't take it out on people, even when they say mean things. It's amazing. They can, people can say mean things, but you don't respond like that. You respond in God's unconditional love. Just respond that way unconditional love we're going to pray and then uh, we're going to sing our final song together would you bow your heads with me the worship team can come out also oh yes buddy oh no sign waving okay oh I'm sorry no sign Paul pray uh, no sign waving this Thursday uh, because we're doing the meeting okay so it'll be next week Monday 
Yeah, if you check our website under Take Action, there's the events calendar. You can look under there, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's next week, Monday, uh, by the, uh, on Kanoi Lihua by Hopeko in that area. Um, so, okay, so in that area. But let's bow our heads and let's, let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for being our God. Uh, we do pray, Lord, for our community. We pray for our state. Lord, we pray for our family members and friends who are homosexuals. Uh, we pray that they will only feel your love, that those in the church who uh, put them down or condemn them, Lord, I pray that those hearts would turn, that they wouldn't judge people and uh, say mean things to them, but that they would love them with your unconditional love. You died for every single one of us. And so we pray that as the church... We would be welcoming to every single person that walks through these doors that we would be respectful to every person regardless of their sexual orientation, regardless of what they believe, but that we would be respectful and that we would be loving because by this, all men will know that we're your disciples by our love for one another. So let the church arise, Lord. Let us be the church that shines your light and your love. I pray for this church, this body of people, Lord, that is an amazing people. One person can make a difference, but 300 of us can make even that much more of a difference. And so I pray, Lord, as the body of Christ that would rise up, being unified, and that we'd represent you well. So thank you, Lord, for this church, for this people that you have called to serve you. May we do our part because there's no small way that we can make a difference. Every little thing we do is actually big in your kingdom. We pray these things in Jesus' name. We all said amen. Amen.